Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. All right, welcome to the second official edition of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, we're uh, running this or taping this. I like to use the old analog vernacular. Uh, Still there with you, man. Studio 45 Studios right here in the basement of the 45 Garage, which is a wonderful place to be on this four-degree January night. It is cold as hell outside. Uh, so since the, a week ago when we met, there's been some cool stuff happening at our shop. We get all kinds of projects going on. We resurrected a Honda Dream. Uh, just loads of fun. First of all, though, we're just going to kind of go around the room tonight with us. Of course, we've got uh, Dustin Elliott is running the boards. And uh, as always, he, he built the studio that we're sitting in today, and we True. can't thank him enough for that. Mm-hmm. Shane Post, late arrival from last week, is back in studio, uh, bright and squirrely and early tonight. And uh, John Mecklefresh is here. Now, we'll notice tonight you're not going to hear anything from James Robertson, which is a shame. We don't know. Why. John, did you give you any reasons why he couldn't show up tonight? <sighs> I don't know. Just, just wore, that he sucks. Too worn out working back in the shop today. You know? So he actually <laughs> no, had to turn right. a wrench, and it's yeah, freaking him out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got, got, he had to go to the bar. He's oh, sore. He, he said, oh, you know, <laughs> I've been working on that computer terminal for the past eight months, ordering parts, and now I'm actually wrenching on stuff. Standing on my feet all Standing day. on my feet all day, turning wrenches. I just can't handle it. Um, uh, Merritt Waters is with us uh, tonight, and myself, Phil Waters, your uh, humble narrator and host. Uh, we're going to rip through a couple of things. We've got some uh, news stories to bring out for you. Everybody brings something cool to the table. Uh, a couple of big things that we're talking about right now, and I think it's been the, the story as we were talking out in the garage before we rolled with the podcast. Everybody seems a little bit excited about... Uh, the popularity of our vintage motorcycles like we're digging the fact that yeah we like these bikes and for a long time you're riding around and some you know d-bag on a piece of fifty thousand dollar ass jewelry looks over at you and you're riding a motorcycle and he's kind of looking at your seven hundred dollar purchase or two hundred dollar purchase like you're not adequate and now people are starting to take notice and say hey that's kind of a cool motorcycle you're riding so um, it's great to see that kind of energy on bikes that we're excited about, bikes that we find cool. So why do you think that is? Do you think that the other trends just played out or because of the recession economy, people were just, you know, there's honor in being frugal? Like, Or was it just that their time has come? Why do you think that is? Frugal is the new cool. Like, that's the deal. You want to impress somebody in a conversation. Is that a hipster thing? Oh, it might be. Be careful. Yeah, it might be. We're, yeah. Yeah. But we're also... The things we do with these bikes is, has nothing to do with being green, though. No, they're these not things. environmentally friendly. <laughs> no, no. Other than the fact that we are recycling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, recycling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't make it to the dump this year. <laughs> I was going to say the greenest thing Most I ever did with didn't. my bike was uh, it. It didn't become trash. Right. It did not become yeah. landfill fodder. I don't know. I, I Merritt, I think you bring up a great point. I think that a lot of it is recession because people aren't going to spend fifty k on the ass jewelry. Um, face it, the more you watch Orange County Choppers and you watch Paul Jr. and Paul Sr. have their little, you know, D-bag hissy fits, 
it's not cool. I mean, actually, I think that shows more about their d bag hissy fits, yeah, right, than it is about actually building motorcycles because their bikes are like yeah. comics. Yeah. Their bikes are like novelty bikes. Mm. They're building like I saw they were building one for somebody's siding company or somebody's prefabricated buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, you're reaching at this point. Yeah. And uh, they're doing a hair club for men bike right now because Paul Senior's losing his hair. Awesome. Right? Okay, that's so great. now that's Next truly... Preparation H. But preparation H bike, exactly. <laughs> it's going to have a super comfy seat on it. The yeah. Depends bike. The Depends bike. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's true. Built-in toilet. John was uh, at the shop that day when a guy brought by a Sucker Punch <clears throat> Sally's bike. And he had the receipts. He paid twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars for this Sucker Punch Sally's custom. And I guess as a piece of artwork, oh, I think if, I saw that. Yeah, too. I mean, if you yeah, like a fat, totally. tired, hard tailed yeah. kind of thing, I guess as an art, a piece of art, it would be kind of cool. But I wouldn't want to ride it. Personally. Do you want to ride that thing across the country? Oh God, no, I wouldn't want to ride it to work. You know, no. seriously. Uh-huh. And he brought this thing in. We know how much he paid for it. And all those guys are—they're having trouble paying the mortgage. And he tried to sell me that bike for seven k. Oh my god! Yeah, that bike's less Jeez. than two years old. Two year old bike trying to sell it to me for seven k, and he's got over twenty three invested. If nothing tells you that choppers are dead, and by choppers I mean the over adorned, flashy, wide tired. My paint job costed five thousand dollars. Yeah, right on, man. You know, if nothing else tells you it's dead, it's some guy trying to dump off his Sucker Punch Sally's bike, and it's nothing against such Sucker Punch Sally. They're one of the guys that Leroy Thompson, you know, Choppers did it. A lot of guys did it, and guys are really trying to run from those things now. Yeah, I mean, you show up at a bike night or something, and it's like, oh, you'll you'll yeah. find, you know, they all look the same. Yeah, it's, they do. You're going to yeah. find at least it's not going to be like, oh. You know, it's still an S and S and S motor, right. you, know, you know, in a frame. It's just yeah. pieced together. It's not like uh, so. No... When you're basically building your bike off of a website, clicking boxes, right, saying this is what I want on my bike, and this is the paint job I want, and they show you, you know, there's four or five different TV shows about bike builders and the drama that they have, their interpersonal relationships. That's when I think you get inundated by that. That mm-hmm. building an honest motorcycle from parts that you found on the ground, yeah. Starts to become more appealing. Our, our neighbor down the street, he's got well, he's yeah. got two choppers. He's yeah. got the 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 show chopper, as right. he calls it. <laughs> yeah, it's sat yeah. on lift for five years. It's oh like, yeah, I got yeah. like forty thousand dollars invested yeah. in the bike. But Are you kidding? I'm not you, taking this out of the road. He, he rode the thing a handful of times. Yeah. Right. Mind you, know. you see him ripping down the street in this old piece of junk forty-eight knucklehead. Right. With, yeah. It's rusted. It's, it's rusted. Garbage. It's beautiful. And yeah. yeah and, it's, and, it's amazing. And he will tell you all day long that I love this bike. Yeah. This is my bike. It looks yeah. awful. It sounds like, awful. I'm but like, you got forty thousand wrapped like, up. But you built that thing right there. That's all. Got, like, yeah, he got might the, have maybe eight hundred bucks into that uh, other thing. That cost yeah. half a house, and you've been working on <laughs> yeah. it for five yeah. years. You've ridden it five times. Yeah. Like you get the the four thousand dollar paint job on that thing. He's like, yeah, that thing sucks. Yeah. You, you mentioned the the rise in vintage bikes and stuff, and I think it's uh, it's kind of because, and I kind of have a slant towards Japanese bikes and whatnot, but. I think it's become more accessible to people because, you know, 20 years ago, a vintage bike had to be like a vintage Harley or a BMW or a Mm -hmm. British bike or something like that. You know, at that time, you know, an an old Honda wasn't really considered a vintage bike. It was a piece of Jap crap. That's right. You know what I mean? So now, you know, 20 years later and on down the road, now you're you're looking at a Honda that's 30, 40 years old. Right. 
and you're like, that is a vintage bike. They've they've aged well, and they've kind of come into their own. Mm-hmm. And since they aged well, they they're accessible to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you know that 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 is a, a a point that I've talked with my stepfather about. He he is a a, a devout. He's Brit- a British guy. British bike yeah, guy. He's a British guy, and uh, you know he's been really getting into the Japanese bikes now because of me. And uh, the way he put it was that he's like, you know, when I was growing up, when I was a young kid, Mm -hmm. these British bikes were the cool bikes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when he got to the age that he was going to ride a motorcycle, he was like, I want that British bike. Mm -hmm. And that just carried on throughout his life. And when the Japanese bikes were just coming to the scene then, you know, because, you know, when he was getting into it, it was like, you know, the mid to late 60s. And that's when the Japanese, you know, motorcycle invasion happened. And all the guys back then were just like, "Ah, Jap crap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. I love finding old artwork and old magazine things and pages out of the back of van magazine that have like you can buy a t-shirt that says you know four strokes truck two strokes suck like that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff and i love it because there was such a hatred going on at the time for japanese yeah. motorcycles yeah um it was pure venom i mean guys were just so intimidated or so threatened by these six hundred dollar motorcycles mm-hmm. and a six hundred dollar motorcycle in 1964 would kick ass all over Oh, they would beat the shit out of that British bike. They sold a ton of them, even though everyone hated them. Well, and it's needed to get the work. And it's the old story, you know. You might be riding a Harley or a BMW today, right? But you know, every one of those guys says, "I started out on a boy, don't they? On an S ninety, or I had a CB one seventy five. We've got an S ninety in the shop right now, and that thing is truly that is a bug light. That bike draws attention. People come in and they see that thing, and they're like, "I had one of those," (laughs) and I'm convinced that. At least 75 people in the Cleveland area shared the same S90 because they didn't build enough S90s for every single person in my shop to say that they owned one. They all had to be sharing the same bike. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, what my stepfather was saying about the 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 British bikes of what he had and what his friends wanted and how, you know, our generation were all into the, the Japanese bikes. He's like, you know, it's what you grew up with. He's like, when the Japanese bike came in, it was kind of an invasion. You know, we had what we liked. We had what we wanted. But you grew up in the era of the Japanese bike being right. kick-ass. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's I, I was born in 1972. Yeah. And uh, my motorcycle that I built is older than I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every poster, every picture that was cut out of a Cycle World magazine that was inside my locker in high school in 1983 was of a Japanese motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big thing. And for me, those CB1000Fs, and, oh. you know, those bikes for me oh, were just, gosh, they yeah. were unobtainable. They were insane. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. Uh, the KZ900 did it for me. There were a couple guys yeah. in town who had KZ900s with four-to-one pipes yeah. on them, with drop bars, like, and that was way back in 1989. You know, and that, that was ferocious. And oh. they just sounded. They were an old bike then, but yeah. they were they sounded badass. It was like, and they were affordable then. It was just a cheap used bike. Oh yeah, but I, that was the sound. It was the sound. It was the look I liked. I just. Yeah. I mean, I I remember back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with uh, friends of mine, you know, buying motorcycles, they were. They, they all had British bikes, yeah. and they were buying those things for like two, three hundred bucks. Yeah. It was like nothing. Like, oh, I got this old 
BSA, whatever. It's a basket case, but I got it running, and I'm going to ride it. You know, you could, and you could just buy those things. And, when I and, really liked British bikes was yeah. when I was in college and didn't have a penny to spend, and they were dirt cheap. I could, yeah, they were dirt cheap. I could have yeah, got, exactly. got a basket exactly. case. That's what I'm was, talking about. It would cost you a lot more money to buy the Wetworth tools yeah. to work on the damn thing <laughs> than it would to buy the bike. Yeah, by the know? time I got out of college and got a job, and got a, now they're too expensive just to even buy a basket case. It's like, That's eh. true. Yeah, yeah, and then the, and the money you'd have to put into get, getting them running and everything. I see the horrible yeah. basket basket case BSAs on uh, you know Craigslist and eBay and all that. And or by this time they're so chopped up, like yeah. you know, I've seen. Yeah, them. there's nothing left. I, I could buy probably three or four running Hondas for the price of a BSA that needs to be completely. My '69 Thunderbolt, my BSA was beautiful. I mean, it was gorgeous and it ran remarkably well for a BSA, and it was. You know, it was lovingly built and maintained, and it was truly one of the greatest British motorcycles I've ever owned. Do you still and own that? British being motorcycles? said, I just sold my last British yeah. motorcycle. Oh, you sold it? I sold my, and no, I sold the the Triumph the Thunderbird Triumph. Sport. Yeah, I sold my last. No, no, I can't say my last. I sold my most recent British motorcycle <laughs> because I'm sure there will be more. There's no doubt yeah, about of it. Of course. There'll be more. But it was funny when I sold, and I know it's kind of weird. I don't want to shill it, but. When we started dealing with the fuel-injected Royal Enfields, yeah. that was when I kind of said, I can sell the 69, uh, I can sell the BSA, because every single time I rode the BSA, something vital fell off of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't for lack of maintenance. I was constantly all over that bike with yeah. spanners. I mean, I was always maintaining that bike, and it was always as good as it could be, but that doesn't mean we're running down 480 at 65, 70 miles an hour coming back from a show or something. Mm. And next thing I know, I look down and I'm like, oh, hey, I don't have a speedometer anymore. <laughs> I look down and my Speedo drive gear has left the building. You know, So every single time I rode the bike, it cost me money That's and spare parts. That's part of the parts. excitement. And that's what people say. It's part yeah. of the allure of British motorcycles. But we it's had expensive. more fun. I don't care. It's not fun. Well, we had uh, more fun when we went to the Scottish Motorcycle I get, Guild. I, I got to get BSA Burt down here. Yeah, right that. on. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll yeah. get him on that show. Funny. Sure. But we went to the Scottish Games mm-hmm. on three Enfields. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One one gasser and two fuel injectors, right? Mm-hmm. So we went in there, and we had a great time. Oh, yeah. And we had a, a blast, and people were digging the bikes because they look cool, and they look old, and they look vintage. It's, it was it's also because it's the only time they ever saw three running. Three and running fake. Royal Enfields <laughs> at the same time next to each other. <laughs> that is true. And <clears throat> when we were rolling out of that show, and we're on the freeway, and we're clicking along. Oh, yeah, on the and, way home. And we weren't sparing the whip at all. I mean, we no. were... We were giving it pretty good for three bikes, especially considering one of them was a pre-unit bike. Mm -hmm. Uh, The white one was a pre-unit bike. That's the one you were running. And it was humming along just fine. Mm -hmm. And we're running along. And I actually, I was like, I had this sense of, well, I'm riding a beautiful bike. It looks the way I like my British bikes to look, uh, the Bullet 500. And we were having a great time. And we just had a cool time but none of us had to look to see which parts fell off when we got back to the shop right well, there, there was there was the one second when we were coming up 10 <laughs> i see phil lay on his tank we were boogieing we uh, were boogieing hard i wonder if any bullet 500 has ever gone that fast because well, i was phil, floating valves like crazy phil, <laughs> phil lays on the tank and he's driving the driving the gasser and i got the fuel injected one he's so he lays on the tank i'm like oh he wants to go so i just jump on it and i pull up next just to disappear he's still doing this he's still looking around i'm like what, what the hell are you doing? You're like, 
<laughs> like, oh, he's floating valves. I'm floating the valves. <laughs> I was literally on the tank to make myself smaller. <laughs> to reduce the load on the motor. Because, I mean, we were like an indicated 70 miles an hour or something like I that. I was still sitting straight up. You were like, sitting straight up. I was still riding like a monkey, too. I'm Dude, like, that's technology, baby. That's the difference between a fuel injected unit bike that's, you know, I mean, that's the best example ever. I was on the C5, too, so I knew I I was looking good anywhere I went. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about the other day, about why we like vintage bikes, and you know, like, you can get on a bike that'll only do, you know, you're you're only able to get 70 mile an hour. It feels like a thousand. But yeah, you know, (laughs) it's like... (laughs) You didn't... It sure gets there fast. Yeah. The bike, (laughs) it didn't cost you a lot of money. You know, if it it did blow up, you know, and not necessarily the end fields, but you know, like talking about other, you know, if if you're riding hondas and stuff like that so you're happy with it you know mm-hmm. yeah i i totally agree i think that there's that smiles per mile or the you, you know you bring up that story this guy's got forty thousand dollars in a motorcycle he's ridden five times that's yeah. like 10 grand a ride yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i can't think of anything in the world i'd spend 10 grand a ride on you know no matter what her name is, I, so I got three hundred dollars in my three hundred dollars in my Suzuki, and I, right. I get in third gear about nine grand. I, I feel like Superman. Right, I'm gonna float off the seat. So it's great. cool. It's great to have that kind of. It's great to have that kind of pull. Hey, did anybody bring any fun stories uh, this week for uh, for chatting about? Uh, there are a bunch. I, th- I think marriage should start. Mer- Want to kick us off? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm continuing my my quest that I mentioned in one of the prior podcasts. Um, I know it goes a little afield of the vintage bike thing, but it's still non-new motorcycle, so I think it counts. Um, just for anyone who, who didn't hear, I um, my primary ride is a 2002 Suzuki SV650S, and I've had it for years. Um, and you know, living in a house with Phil where there's a, a new bike on average about every six days, <laughs> I kind of feel like a loser having the same bike for about six years. So um, I've started a, a quest to see what could replace it um, in my in my own riding lineup. And um, so, you know, the first thing I took a look at was uh, the, you know, the SV650s, um, you know, they... The last ones were were made in 2009, and um, the really cool thing is that for a brand new bike, so it's it's new, um, never been sold before, you can get them for 49.95. So that's awesome, um, low price for a lot of bike. Well, it's a brand new motor, so yeah, the yeah, warranty, yeah, and really, else, and that's scooter money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but, I saw an 08. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry no, go ahead. But I saw an 08 on Craigslist two days ago for 2,500. Holy crap. Yeah. For an SV650? Yes, for an SV650. I mean, yeah. it's a great motorcycle. Yeah, I mean, a lot of miles on fantastic. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't but die. Still, it would look beautiful. They do. They're good bikes. But, yeah. yeah, they're solid. I know. And, you know, you say, Shane, it was beautiful or look good. And I, the styling on those doesn't drive me wild. And I think that's the part that they're, don't, they look kind of stealthy. They've got those super mm-hmm. sharp angles. And for whatever reason, that's just, you know, doesn't really light me up. Although, to get that much bike for that much, that little money. Right, yeah. Is pretty appealing. And, uh, you know, keeping on the Suzuki thing, just looked a little further into that new, um, the SF. The 650 Gladius, which <laughs> the name just does not make me glad. <laughs> yeah, sounds, that name is sad. Sounds a yeah. yeah, I think you need to wear like a gladiator suit to Who is ride Spartacus? it or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and 
the the styling on that one's kind of sticking on the styling topic. D- have you guys seen this? It's crazy looking. It looks like a looking cartoon up. bike, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, I th- I think this thing looks like a a, a manga bizarre Asian porn robot up. thing. Some, some, something out of a hentai. Uh, was a hentai or yeah, it's just not weird. cool. I'm not digging it. I, we Why saw it at that? the motorcycle show a couple mm-hmm. of years ago when they launched it. And being that, you know, we're always interested in SVs. She's loved her so yeah. much. And I've ridden it, and I think it's a great motorcycle. And when we saw this thing come out, I think it's only available in blue and white or white and blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it does. It, it looks like this weird ro- fighting robot Asian monkey thing. Looks you know? like you can transform. Yeah, it's you press a button and it's going to change into something else. So yeah, I'm not digging the. I hate. I mean, I'll be I'll be blatant about it. I can't stand the way the thing looks. Oh yeah, that is pretty. It's just damn ugly. <laughs> I hope everybody out in podcast. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta love the iPhone. Right <laughs> I'm looking up Gladys. Right they're, they're, Gladius. It's Gladius. No, Gladius. It's G L A D I U S. They're talking about this damn thing. It's like a Gladius, like a sword. Which, for anybody who's interested in the etymology of words and stuff, Gladius sword is often a euphemism for the penis. So they've actually finally named a motorcycle the penis. Actually, Shane, I think what you like about it is. You and I besides both. the penis part. Besides the penis part, yeah, because <laughs> I know you like penis. <clears throat> and no, I'm not going to edit that out. No, we should leave that in. I think. Yeah, we'll leave that in. That's where I'll beat your ass and grab you. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. But uh, you know, actually, actually, uh, Shane and myself both have a, a pretty good uh, uh, affection for Street Fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we yeah. both like the yeah. Street yeah. Fighter like style. Street you know, yeah. as far as the cat. Ca- Cafe racer, right. street fighter, all and that's that. That's where they're headed. Yeah. And uh, the, really the, the the Gladius bike is is really kind of like they're looking at making some sort of production uh, street fighter style well, that, bike. SV six fifty is so close to that. It's it's right. just yeah. It's a naked sport bike. But I haven't even told you the, the kicker. So you know we we found one for about five grand. You've seen one with with miles on it for twenty eight hundred yeah, yeah. in terms of SVs. Yeah. This Gladius is seven thousand dollars. New, brand new. Whoa. Yeah, like brand new in the factory. Damn. Seven grand. It's six fifty you know as well. Yeah. No kidding. Buy an SV six fifty, tear off some shit. And make it look like a Gladius. Well, I would you never know? make it look like a Gladius. But here's the sad thing. I'm saying if yeah. you right. want a Gladius. Right. You right. Know? If you like touching small boys, then you can build yourself a Gladius and you'll be cool. <laughs> and you probably drive an ice cream truck, too. What? But the uh, but the Gladius that was $68.99, 7 grand. <laughs> yeah. well, you have to get yourself a beer, too. Uh, uh, can I get one? Can I make beer and see? Oh, wait. you got to get John a beer, too. Everyone else? No, I'm right. good. All right. It's an official... A cigarette for you, too, while I'm up there? It's an official <laughs> Cleveland Moto beer run. Yeah, it's a beer run. Uh, the Gladius, $68.99. To tell you how good they sold them, because the bike was introduced at the tail end of, like, 08 as 09. <laughs> right now, that bike on eBay... Buy it now, pricing it at a bunch of dealers. Like there's a dealer in Ohio that's selling that bike for forty five ninety, brand new. And that was a seven grand bike. Mm-hmm. That was a bike that was sixty eight ninety nine. So it's a twenty three hundred dollar discount. They've given up thirty percent of the price of the bike, so that you can have this. And so obviously nobody digs it, or at least not many people dig it. And if you if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you own a Gladius and you want to write, uh, yeah, go to hey, this picture from John. That's wait pretty a sexy. second. That's not a Gladius, is it? Oh. Yeah, oh. Is that a gladius? <laughs> that, that's sexy. Is that a gladius? I kind of like that. 
Wait, no, no. They, they... Hold on, pass. Uh, <laughs> no, somehow they, somehow they used. John's the guy that brought the iPad. Somehow they used the creative application of black paint to make the to no, rub the to cool. rub the gay off it, that motorcycle. Is that a Photoshop, Gladius? I just said it. Don't say that. Okay, I'm not saying gay as in homosexual. I'm saying gay with an H in it, just to mean strange. High school in the high 80s. High school gay in the Midwest. In yeah, the right. It's the Gladius 650, right. right? Now here's the blue and white one. The blue and white one is what they all are. Yeah, with that weird Shamu gas tank. And I got something like that on yeah, a keychain from SeaWorld when I was a kid. Yeah. That, that's that's, definitely that's got the motorcycle that Shamu rides was, out on between acts. They taught a whale to ride a motorcycle? They did. It's amazing. Amazing. They went back to 1989 for that color. The Japanese can do anything. They truly did. They need a little teal and purple in there to be purple. Oh, yeah. I mean, that black one. That black one was cool. The black one looks cool, but I don't think you can buy it that But does somebody make a custom? I don't know. Did, did we miss something? It I, looks I, like it. I like it. Somehow in black. <laughs> you like That's it, all right. So, how does the tail of that bike look? And John, it's not hold that thing out, up again, man. Know? I gotta see it. I gotta see the. I gotta see that again, man. I gotta find out what makes me hate it so much. Oh yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Oh, well, yeah, you I hate it. It looks like an oversized pit bike, but I don't like it. You hate it, Shane. Likes yeah, I remember I the little like Honda it. Cub, the little Honda Cub ninety, the one that was safety Cub that had all the plastic on it. The, it was like the Cub Simple or something, and the Club, the Cub. But you see them in red and white, and they're you can't see the motor on them. They're like a little baby shrunk down Pacific Coast. Oh, <laughs> that's what that looks like to me. Yeah. Okay, wow, that you, was that was three obscure motorcycle it. references in the same time. Well, are you we talking we, about like the no, that was like a little the pocket bike racer. It was like the later model of uh, like, the Honda ninety that had the black that had little plastic hand guards on it. Huh. And it looked all weird, but it had knobbies on it. Oh, yes. And it was chain drive. The chain was holding closed. It was like a plastic Lego yes, bike. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, but... And that's only because of the gas tank. It reminds me of that or the first generation of Ninjas, uh, where they had that same kind of weird tank on them. Yeah, well, now you're here, me. Here, I can't the remember Ninja the 250s, I should say. Here's here's the one I say. Yeah. What do I want to hear? You hate it. I can't stand it. Shane yeah. likes it. Yeah. You and Shane. Yeah. Oh. Pff. Well, you know what? I, I like yeah. it. Have at it. They're, yeah. they're kind I, of I, want, I want to know why. I want. I want to have an yeah, honest, man. an honest throwdown. I mean, you've seen bike. Merritt's bike. Before. Oh, I have some questions. Yeah. I have yeah. question. How right. much different is this than than Merritt's bike? Well, Merritt's bike is that generation, that 2002, where it wasn't all angular and stealth fighter. Yeah. Her bike was more what I like to call the uh, organic looking SV. Mm-hmm. Where okay. It was kind of like. It was full fairing, top, upper, and lower. So what has changed on this bike from the SV? Well, it's got the strange elliptical headlight thing, which I'm not normally against that. I'm not a fan of that. It's it's whatever. So it's got the weird elliptical headlight. The seat, the passenger seat is kind of unnaturally high. Mm -hmm. Like if your chick doesn't weigh 68 pounds in a thong, she shouldn't be back there, you know? (laughs) Uh, So I don't dig that. I also I have to tell you that's not one of my concerns in which bike I'll be riding. Right on, yeah, for real. <laughs> now the other thing is that is <coughs> the left side of the motorcycle. That is the best side they can show you because the left side doesn't have the exhaust. The right that's side. That's what I want to see. The yeah, the side. right side with the exhaust has the. Uh, can't you shake that iPhone yeah, or turn something the and make iPad it over. <laughs> make it turn <laughs> to the other side of the motorcycle <laughs> because it's, yeah, uh, it's like an Ohio art etch a sketch. Yeah. The uh, but. The right side with that awful exhaust system is another thing I just can't stand. Like, like there's something about the EPA crazy over stylized 
exhaust I can't stand. Uh, there you okay. go. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to hate on that. Maybe it's just the exhaust and the blue and white, you know, uh, together. I hate all exhaust. Like, you look at You're right. Any, I want to see new, nothing like on the these bike. these new yeah. bikes, it's got like this weird, they all have weird, angular, crazy. And it's nice. Did you notice that weird, hmm. what is that, FZ6 that's in our showroom uh, that a co- yes, customer got some That's like the, they have. That a, is the minimal. They've copied like the Buell where they have the under. It looks like a modern GP exhaust. It's the under. Where the only thing you see is just a little spigot coming out by the passenger peg. Yeah, the can's everything else under is the hidden. bike, and it just... Oh, really? It's painted black and hidden. The catalytic converter's under there, and it's hidden. That's And right. really, the only thing you can see is just a little <coughs> tiny trim ring around the orifice. Mm-hmm. The exhaust um, tip. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You said orifice. It's, it is. Penis goes here. The, uh, but, yeah, I yeah, like the cool. whole less... All right, fine. Like, making exhaust disappear, I think, is cool. Like, somehow well, they see, put... You a, know what? That would be really cool. I'm, I'm sorry. They put a cheesy Chinese scooter... Uh, exhaust on this. I right. said yeah. the same right thing, John. That's I said exactly the same what it looks thing. like. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it looks what like. Make this thing look really cool. Turbo Stroke 2000. <laughs> make it look like the Mad Supercharged 150. Right. Bring that up underneath the yeah, seat. Undertale well, exhaust. Well, yeah, Undertale exhaust. Well, it looks like exhaust. you and HMI need HMF, to make a pipe. Yeah. HMF, yeah. HMF. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. need sorry, to make Hans. a pipe for that bike. No way, dude. I'm not touching a Gladius. So this isn't uh, an SV motor in a. It's an SV motor in a slightly modified chassis, slightly different chassis. And the one thing that I read about it is I don't think you can buy it without ABS. You know, I had I've looked at a couple other things, but I'm going to leave them for another time because I think this has been a pretty nice uh discussion okay. about about the SV. We'll leave the other other bikes and, and the Gladius. We'll leave those for So Shane loves the SV. For another Gladius, day, yeah. The well, well, wait. You were going to talk <laughs> above your SV. You had something. You can't take to my talk about. <laughs> no, I'm going to take your cue and throw it back at He's you. He's too busy getting another beer. <laughs> me no, another I, beer. I, I have my notes. I know she's talking about something I'm not supposed to be talking about. She, she, you had a point of talking about your SV to Looking well, we were towards about what your next motorcycle was going to be. No. Yes, you guys are going to make yes. her talk about this, aren't yes. you? Yeah, they want me. All right, they I tried to, to talk about. I tried, this. No, just, we're forcing I want the record, like, I I want the record to show that I tried to pass the ball and they Thank passed you, it right back. No, so. you were, you were taking this, and I we're love going. you, sweetie. <laughs> we, you. We, we just spent like an hour talking about just shitting in the Gladius, which is probably an amazing motorcycle. Well, no, I do like it. It's probably an amazing motorcycle. Then I'll shit on any bike I have. <laughs> this whole point, like, if we go back and listen to this, the whole point of this conversation was you were going to make the point that you're about to make now. <laughs> I hope I'm making the one you think. Okay. So last, uh, one of the other times on, on a podcast, uh, when I started talking about what would come next, I threw that magic Italian word Ducati into the center mm. of the room, and my husband Sorry. clutched his heart and... Uh, Got a little nervous at the I idea. I quality clutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lucky thing is, I, I all I know no is interest. I had to clean the carpet yeah. afterwards. <laughs> I have so. no interest in, in at least on the front end making a big investment. Of course, we know that the wallet can be clutched based on maintenance and repairs. And uh, John's sitting there. Yeah, John, the mechanic, is smiling broadly. <laughs> but um, yeah. I will be gainfully employed for a while. <laughs> So we do, yeah, except, well, that's true. You, we pay you to work on our stuff, too. And <laughs> you can buy three crashed ones, and we'll put one together. That sounds like John's idea. never so happy as when I bring home some shit. <laughs> that's it. That's, looks like I'm working next month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's no reason you should have to pay more than $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the break on that. But, uh, you know, thinking back to, to motorcycle shows past, um, 
we've looked at a lot of Ducatis just for fun. And you say we like you got a mouse in your pocket. Well, no, you've you've <laughs> ventured into that you red. You know, you've uh, gone in the Ducati boat. Yeah, okay, either A the girls or B the express. I was on Ducati <laughs> Island a couple of years ago at Laguna Seca. Um, yeah, name so dropping. So you just say Ducatis in general. Or did you have a certain model that you were kind of leaning towards? Yes, I was. I was. I, I like the monster. No, I like, like the, the monster. monster. <laughs> yeah, the littlest one. That's 696, um, yeah. which is the brand new one. Um, it comes in that 696. And as I've said, looking at a new motorcycle isn't where I'm at. So instead of spending 8500 to get into the game, um, there's all kinds of Ducatis just like everything else out there on the market. For example, we found an 04 Monster 620, which was the size that came in back then, 3900 So, you know, that's, wow. that's yeah, I really know. reasonable. And at that yeah. point, I lose a lot of arguments because that's scooter money. Yeah. It really and, is. Yeah. yeah. And so you get into a Monster... And a big thing, obviously, any any of us. That's like an SV, all just Italian up. It's an know? Italian well, SV, yeah, right? A little more frame. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Dago SV. This, come on, John. The frame is made of tubular steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come not, on. Not, not aluminum. Right. It's not aluminum. But uh, I think that I think I could probably I, I could probably live with having a monster in the garage. Even though you see the monster, I don't know if you guys have ever ridden a monster, Mm-mm. especially a six twenty. Well, hey, yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, uh, all right. I don't. I don't necessarily call my wife the monster. The monster. Uh, I, I go ride the monster every night, podcast, sir. Yeah. Uh, whoa, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what you call it when you whack off in the morning. Is riding the monster. Yeah, yeah riding the monster. Yeah. Ride the Thank monster. Yeah. Uh, I am a person of six foot and one inch, and around about two hundred pounds. Right, and for me, I really don't feel comfortable riding a monster. Riding the Ducati Monster to me feels like riding Dustin's bike. That looks like that tank right where my <laughs> belly should be. Yeah, right. On. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, John's got to ride it sitting up. <laughs> Two <laughs> objects well, cannot the occupy the, the same space at the same time. Right? Yeah. The, See, the, the whole thing with my bike is I built it for me. Yeah, because I can't. Know, I, every, like, everything about my bike is built around I look like a monkey me. fucking a coconut riding your bike. You do. And it's just crazy, man. I can't do it. Every time you throw a leg over it, I'm yeah. just like, holy just, oh fuck. Oh my god, it hurts. I get cramps in my thighs. I can't wait to see you ride that Lambretta chopper. Yeah, that's. but that's truly, you got to be at least six foot tall to ride that That's bike. at least fun, though. Yeah, but um, Merritt's thing is uh, I will give Merritt her props because she's been through some weird bikes, too. And no, really, being married to you? Yeah, I know. come on. Well, she had, she had this motorcycle that we had that was a, a Japanese. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> She's probably been through a lot of weird stuff in general. Just being... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. She whispered it to me first. <laughs> Don't ever look under the bed. The uh, Merritt had this bike for a while that was called a CB4 CBR 400R, and it was a Japanese domestic market. It was like a, it was like a. A 90% scale hurricane. Is that like the one you bought down in Mid-Ohio the one year? No, I bought this one in you Canada. Took it you I went up to Toronto to get this one. I did take it down yeah. to Mid-Ohio one year. I saw that. And, and it uh, had, we couldn't find one of the side covers, so it was like totally complete. <coughs> Except for the one side cover. The brakes were worn to nothing, and one side cover <laughs> right. was missing. Yeah. Great time to sell a bike at Mid-Ohio. <laughs> and it's a bike, and of course it's Mid-Ohio, so we're like, oh yeah, you got yourself a hurricane? I'm like, no, it's not a hurricane. It's a CBR 400R. It's, you know, VTEC, it revs to like a billion thousand yeah. RPMs. Yeah. <laughs> it's Japanese domestic market, so at 100 kilometers an hour, a little red light comes out on your dashboard. Mm-hmm. And for the record, if you don't know about that shit, the first time you ride it and that red light comes out on the dashboard and you're on Lake Road, you freak out because you're like, I got no oil pressure. <laughs> and no, it just means you're going 100, cl- 100 Ks. It's warning you that you're going 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> oh. Which the bike will do in like third gear well, anyway, you know. so. Yeah. So, but that bike was cut like, man, 
The GT650 Hawk mm-hmm. and the CBR400R were two bikes that they must have had merit in the fitting room when they designed the bikes. <laughs> because when she sits on either one of these motorcycles, she is perfectly yeah. to scale. And they both fit her fantastically. And I rode the GT650 back, the Hawk, back from Dallas to Cleveland in 16 hours. Oh, that was and, the bike. And I can tell oh, you. Oh, the one you bought in Texas. Yeah, the one I, I flew into Dallas to buy. Yeah. And, and then rode it home for her anniversary present. Oh, I, 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 I just have to mention the beautiful story you told us when you got on the plane to go down to Texas. Wearing, 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 <laughs> wearing leathers and Wearing helmet. leathers and a helmet. And you looked at everyone on the plane and went, this one I'd end good. <laughs> They probably get away people, with that now. These people were looking no, at me like I was from Mars. I was, love it for everything sure. is carry on. So I just that was had amazing. My, had my black leathers on, leathers on, <laughs> where, and I had the helmet up on my head. I just got tired of carrying it, so I just said, "I'll have fun. I'll put this full face on." I had a full face Nolan with the flip up, right? Mm-hmm. So I got my Nolan N100 on. I hop up on the plane and I'm going through the aisles, and everybody's giving me the hairy eyeball like crazy. And uh, I just looked at this one chick, and I just went. This will end poorly. <laughs> when I said this will end poorly, I was like, I'm getting she, kicked off this flight. She's telling that story <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Dude, the guy that picked me up at the airport in the pickup truck to come pick his bike up. And, uh, no, it's ready to go, Phil. You don't have to do anything. And the tires were, like, checked out. The tires were all dry rot check, hadn't had an oil change, you know, since it was new. Was that the one that you... And you still uh, ripped it home and ran out of gas? I and... changed the oil. <laughs> Yeah, would, and was, spent the night in Memphis. Spent the night in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> was the one I, I didn't spend the night in Memphis. I spent four hours in Memphis. <laughs> Planning with, to spend the with night. With the bike inside the hotel room. First floor hotel room. I, this was a shitty neighborhood in Memphis. Not, not that like, not like there's a lot of good neighborhoods in Memphis. <laughs> Is that where you changed the oil? Yeah, I changed with, the oil. In the, room. in the hotel room. Uh, but I had my foot... <clears throat> I moved the bed against the door of the hotel room. The bike was, you know, how, you, know you got a bike good and hot, yeah. and you park it and it makes all the crackly noises, right? So I pulled this bike off the freeway, pushed it into the hotel room, and the hotel room was like 39 bucks. And the bike is just sitting there singing its little noises all night long. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, and I had like wrapped... Any company. And this room was so sketchy, I pushed the bed against the door. <laughs> Because there were people living in their cars in the parking lot of this hotel. <laughs> oh my and I God. pushed the bed against the door, and I looked at the sheets and just went, none of this is a viable option. <laughs> my whole body was sore. I jumped in the tub. I took a real quick bath, jumped out of the tub, rolled myself up in three sheets because I figured the sheets were cleaner than the mat than, than anything else was. I made myself a little you know, burrito, <laughs> and I crawled into the burrito and just caught like, literally four hours of sleep because I was seeing things. I was, you know you're tired on a motorcycle? When you're ducking to go under bridges. <laughs> when, when you're physically like, bridge, oh shit, I got to duck. And you duck to go under a bridge. You're not sure if you're going to make it. Yeah, you're tired. Yeah, so, Phil, so Phil's actually ridden a monster. Yeah. And I, I have not yet. Well, so you're married that's... to him, so okay. <laughs> actually, an interesting thing. It kind of ties in with what you were talking about. The Benji, the kits that he was selling. Yeah, yeah, Benji Cafe. Oh, yeah. This is Ducati, Logo Mania. It's saying here that it was first introduced in 2009. Monster Art Project offered 10 different additional color schemes. Yes, on the tanks. Order. Yeah. And it's like a tank kit. You get yeah. tank panels and stuff like the that. The green, the clear green one was amazing. But you can do yeah. like all these different, you know, mm-hmm. so when you buy, you know. It's like an iPhone case for your Ducati Monster. Yeah, pretty neat. It's like consisting of it's tank panels, micro bikini fairing, single seat cover, and front mudguard. Yeah. 
Cool. Neat. Yeah, and you could do that yeah. with the Buells too. Buells had a lot of like skins yeah. for the tank that you we'll could see, see through and I stuff. I like, like the Buells too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I like the Buells. I, well, I despise well, the motor, no. but I like the way they look. I love yeah. Buells no yeah, longer. So. Right, no, exactly. Yeah, it went away. Mm. But I mean, I but, enjoyed my Buell. My Cyclone was a lot of fun. I didn't trust it, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always waiting to hurt me. Yeah, so I mean, you were ta- you were talking about the size, and so I think the size of the monster. The size we know I think is really good for fits, you. I, yeah. I think the six twenty is going to fit you exceptionally well, and it'll keep me from ever boring your bike. That's right. That's I've probably realistically brought home over well over a hundred motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and John recently has experienced the dream, and this white dream comes into our shop, and it's got a lot of period accessories on it. Mm-hmm. It's got the perfect amount of patina on it that I wouldn't even dare to th- recommend painting this bike and the guy's joking he's like oh you know we've taken it out and we'll ride it we <coughs> ride it around and i let the the niece and nephew ride it and i we always keep a handful of spark plugs and we just chuck a couple of new spark plugs this is a 305 dream and it's white is that the one i saw the yeah, other day it's at the shop oh, that right? was nice yeah it's got white wall yeah john, john was really happy with he fired that thing well up. period white walls on it and this guy's just complaining like his biggest gripe is that he's had to just feed it spark plugs like every 30, 40 minutes of riding, and he pops a new spark plug in it. <laughs> and so we're kind of like, oh, well, you know, don't worry, Mr. Customer. We will solve all of your woes. And so the customer leaves and leaves the bike in our care. And John just produces this most beautiful air filter. And if you know about Honda Dreams, they're monocoque, right? They're monocoque or monocoque, right. where are you from? It's a stamped steel hollow chassis. So the air filter resides in the middle of that stamped steel chassis. And we like to call that middle of the stamped steel chassis the mouse condo. Yeah. And this mouse had... This mouse, unlike uh, <coughs> unlike other mice that are slapdash in the way they decorate their domicile or their hut or their hovel, this mouse was like the Frank Lloyd Wright of mice. He had gone to the air filter and strategically chewed out of the air filter like a hammock, like a nice little soft, yeah. like like if you cut an egg dead in half, that 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 sh- that hollow. And he'd chewed this out, and he'd obviously imported some building materials. He'd gone to the mouse version of oh, Home Depot, <laughs> which was like the cardboard boxes that he were was stored clean, next to too. There was not a lot of fecal matter. Right, he was shitting Most mice, else. you know. He was shitting. And, and just to give you an idea of the state of my affairs, that was the third mouse nest I pulled out in the last two weeks. Because <laughs> 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 like, you had a mouse. Winter had a projects. Mouse in my CB1 you had an actual living. You had a mouse. Yeah, I had a, yeah, I a, actually a formerly still have living. that one. He's like. <laughs> He's uh, petrified. Mouse. A recently <laughs> expired or uh, yeah, a preserved mouse. Just laying in there peacefully. Like, CB one sixty. At first, I was like, as is though he, he died in, in his sleep. <laughs> he died the way I want to die in a CB one sixty headlight yeah, after yeah. eating myself to death on the wiring. Yeah, he choked on a piece of headlight wiring. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Side note: I, I had a ninety one Acura Integra that had a mouse family in the intake. <laughs> So Oops. I think we should all get snakes, uh, like a nice black racer or something. Yeah, a bunch of black snakes, and put them in the bike and yeah. leave them in there to keep the mice at bay because this put them in a crate. Well, the, the, the mice, crates, right? yeah. the mice do damage. The well, snakes once we don't. S- the snakes don't yeah. do damage. Right? Snakes yeah. eat mice, right? They eat mice. Right? Yeah. I think you should start telling like, customers that's part of winterizing their bike. Is we put a snake in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Putting a <laughs> snake in to keep the mice out. Drain the fluids. Insert snake. We put them in a room, doctor. We put them in a room that is just full of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> we put them in a room. It's climate controlled and it's full of snakes. He's so from Haiti. It's all right. He knows what he's doing. This cat. This is a ratter. This is a great snake he's amazing well this particular the dream mouse apparently um 
there was no way this motorcycle could have run on the very like the, the, the just the breath of an asthmatic that was being <laughs> fed into this <laughs> single carburetor. Uh, so once all that crap, once John unloaded a coffee can sized rat's nest mm. out of this bike, miraculously it ran a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's what I saw it the other day because the air filters were yeah. sitting on the ground. Mm-hmm. And there was just like, you know, mouse shit and bedding. It's one of the best arguments for buying the modern pod style filters that have the sc- the metal screens in them. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. mouse proof. Thanks to Honda. Yeah. There was a metal screen inside the filter That's right. that no rodent could get through. That's true. Mm-hmm. And if you get if you really wanted to go through that in the carb, the little metal screen so that that bike was literally built to defend against it was it was meant to be stored in a it's barn forever. <laughs> <laughs> just drain and the gas out of me. Those were good. <laughs> in fact, the uh, the air filters are mouse food flavored. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just like to keep them away from any vital components. Good air right. filters are cheap. <laughs> we'll feed them an air filter until they die. We put mouse poison on the air filters. Yeah, decon filters. Right. Decon <laughs> filters. Decon. That's a good idea. Yeah. Forget your K&N filter charger. We spray decon on our filters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, and that's, uh, I got to tell you, that dream, uh, it, it fires up and it runs sweet. I mean, it's just a really... Uh, I'm not a person that's a big fan of dreams. I've had one. Uh, John, you had a dream too, didn't you? Yes, I had a dream. <laughs> more, more like Touch a nightmare. But... Wait, we're, we're, right. we're, yeah, we're talking about the bike, right? I have a dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this is not a Martin Luther King dream. It's a Honda dream. And yeah. you are you had one. I had three at one point. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, wow. various states. The free one was the most complete one. And yeah. one I paid $75 for for the parts bike. Yeah. And then another one that was just given to me and stuff, and I cobbled one together out of the three and everything, and it was yeah. fun and every everything. But I ended up eventually uh, selling all those off and right. buying, you know, that and uh, the whole package deal that went to Chicago. The, I, the dreams, the Big Bear Scramblers, the YCS one eighty, you know. Yeah. Like, then I came back and bought the my Superhawk, which is you know, yeah, three hundred five dream compared to a three hundred five Superhawk. Right. Well, hey, let's. It's totally different animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, and it, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you have a Honda Dream, uh, and you have one sitting in the corner of your garage, and you're thinking about restoring it and doing a a nut and bolt. You know, presentation, Barber Motorcycle Museum restoration. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't me, do it. Don't do it. Uh, you're not going to get your money back out of it right now, at least. And uh, the one thing about that monocoque chassis is there's like uh, seventy five thousand square feet of surface area on that motorcycle. Yeah. When you when it comes time to paint it. Well, that was that was one of the big mistakes I made with mine. I had it all together and running. Right. And, and and rideable and everything, and then my buddy's like, "That's such a cool bike. Come on, let's let's repaint it. Let's, yeah, let's restore. Let's restore. It. You yeah. know." And he hung in there right to the point where we got it all torn apart, <laughs> stripped down to the bare metal. Yeah, that's when you know who your friends are. Got a coat of lacquer primer on it and everything, and then oh, then it just petered out. It yeah. died. I scotch braided mine, and I painted every square inch of it. Yeah. And I had a thousand, you know, little Ziploc baggies with parts in it. And I actually built the little zinc plating kit to zinc plate my hardware. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I went into so much trouble. Oh, and I think man. that if my time was worth 10 cents an hour, uh-huh. that I may have broken even on that bike. But, uh, and when it was all done, it was still a dream. So 
I would have been. I was still envious of Superhawks. I would have just, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just as, if not more, happy to ride that dream around as a rat bike. Yeah. As it was, just just enjoyed it for yeah, what it was. I didn't it. need it. I didn't need it. He talked me into it, but whatever. Yeah. We had that cat come into our shop that had that dream that had like ninety seven thousand miles on it. Came in with the big gigaw windshield on it mm-hmm. and uh, like seventeen mirrors or whatever. Well, there's like a few guys that have, have that were down at Mid Ohio that have ridden. There's like a three guy team that yeah. have ridden their ratted out dreams across the country. Yeah, and, you know they do. I mean they'll do it. Dreams, yeah. But yeah, restoring one. There's too much surface area. You'll drive yourself mad. No, uh, it's a it's a tough bike. Yeah. Not the body work anymore. alone would be terrible. Yeah, and you'll never find one without crushed fenders. I mean, yeah. they just always have crushed it's... crushed fenders because the design was. If you pull, drove the thing off a curb one time, you just did irreparable damage to the front yeah, fender. Yeah, front fender. <laughs> so yeah, they were just notorious. Kind of you know they were cool and they were interesting, but mm. so yeah, cheap bikes are fun. Uh, Speaking of cheap bikes, I... in, yeah, in this group. <laughs> Every time we, you get like we are cheap bike central. We are truly the tight bastards of the world when it comes to your wallet. All you guys out in Podland uh, that you're listening to this right now, get out your bust out your trusty thumb powered devices and type in Cafe Overkill CB550. His name is Jeff Stevens, mm-hmm. ah. and you will find. Some people think it's overdone. Some people think that it's just too much. But you will find what somebody does with a CB550. And I know a lot of people say, you know, that some of the smaller Honda four-cylinders may not be as desirable. I will argue with me all the time. I'll, I love the, the Hondas. I think they're great. But uh, uh, How many of those do you own right now? All of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> if I find a CB250 four-cylinder... <laughs> that will be the, <laughs> yeah. Then I'll stop, maybe. But uh, but seriously, if you they get did, a chance to go look, they didn't in the yeah. states. No, but if you get a chance, look at Cafe Overkill CB550 and look a, at the work that this CD guy's thing, done. It? it is brilliant. The work is just fantastic, and there's pictures on the website of what the bike looked like when he got <clears> it. <throat> And it's just a boring-ass barn-fine CB550. Mm-hmm. And the guy really blood, sweat, and tears put this thing together. Uh, and I really got to give him props because it's gorgeous. I think anybody would be proud to, to ride it. Uh, a lot of innovation there. When you look at the amount of metal he took out uh, to make things lighter, uh, it really does embody. And it's not just a cafe racer. Like, we're going to bolt some shit onto it and take some yeah. stuff off of it. The motor's built. It's got some great carbs on it. Like, it's really a set-up cafe racer. Yeah. So... Your CB550 uh, can turn into something like this with your own personal spin on it. Right. Some people exactly. think this bike's like the color scheme on it, but the way he skeletonized the headsets and the triples and stuff, mm-hmm. you look at it, it's just beautiful. Like, yeah. the amount of effort. Where uh, did you get that tank from? I mean, well, that <laughs> that's one of the things I want to talk about. Uh, that's a fucking ZX tank. No. no, it's not a CX that's a, tank. Aluminum, that's an aluminum yeah. tank from uh, right. well, England. Somewhere. I was going to talk about Benji's a little bit. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Benji's, uh, Benji's Cafe Racer, for guys that are into Cafe Racer bikes or maybe just getting into Cafe Racers and you're looking for some good ideas, uh, Benji, uh, uh, what is his name? F- f- Flipper Boy? Yeah, Flipper Boy. Yeah. And I'm killing the pronunciation, I'm I'm sure. But it's Benji Flipper Boy. But it's Benji's Cafe Racer. The Benji's spelled B E N J I E, Mm -hmm. uh, B C R. Go to his website. Take a look at his bikes because artistically, this guy's got a sense of design that I really appreciate. He brings elements from Veliset, Venoms, and Thruxtons, and some really cool old British motorcycles and some cool French motorcycles. He brings some really neat elements of design into 
what he's penned and artistically is pulled together. And people can buy these kits, wow, like and they're really about. cool. The, the kits will work on the bikes that we find attractive, the CB550s, the CB350s, mm. the CB350Fs, XS650s. For some reason, these motorcycles in the Cafe Racer community or in our vintage moto community, these bikes have a certain appeal. And it's before all the Japanese companies thought that they needed to imitate Harley-Davidson Sportsters. Right. And there was a point, like this dark day in 1980 oh, God, or 79 or whatever. Day. Yeah, what day it, it was, was when all these... Yeah. Yeah. Not 78. Yeah, when all these engineers... Everything needs to have mags and a retarded tank. Hey, I had a yeah. 1978 CB750K that was the first motorcycle I owned in America. And it was a 78 CB750K, not an F, just a K. And it didn't Good look bike. it didn't look like it wanted to be a Harley Sportster. Right. But by God, the next year, or when you six met, months later, you put the word Honda CB750 yeah. Custom on it, yeah. which my brother had one of those. That thing was just like a, it wanted to be a Sportster, king and queen seat from the factory, yeah. and the frame Ugh. looked like a swayback horse, right? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Well, right. that special we have out there. That yeah, it's a good six, example. That XS650 special. special is a great example. Behind the front, low in the ass. Yeah, right on, man. So Benji's is actually. Con- built up some gas tanks and you go to his website it's really entertaining that yeah. tank looks like an AJS tank doesn't it look like an AJS tank yeah, yeah. I mean, it's even beautiful. the logo that he uses on there yeah. uh, if it was so, AJS you wouldn't know the difference so his design and he does tanks in fiberglass and uh, aluminum and steel and mm-hmm. he'll take a piece of metal and bang out it for 27, 30, 40, 50 hours and build a gas tank out of it that's pretty nice but what I'm looking at a lot of his stuff he does tanks that are designed with a very high arch so that mm-hmm. you can put some of these tanks with this very high arch in them, these whaleback tanks and dolphinback mm-hmm. tanks, stick them on your 81 Honda CB750K, these horrible motorcycles with these very steeply angled frames, and you might be able to rescue one of these things and make it look cool. Yeah. And his mm. seats are nice, and he does the strap across the tank. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's boner fuel, definitely. You, you look at the stuff, and it's great. So if you don't have the two or three grand to spend to buy his kits, because I know he's got two shops. He's got one on the West Coast and one on the East Coast now. If you don't spend the money and buy the kit and have him send it to you, and you can like build your cafe racer overnight in your garage, maybe you can take a look at that and get some ideas on where you should bang and dent your tanks. Build your own shit. Fantastic. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us with yet another edition of Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, if you guys would like to give your comments, concerns, issues, complaints, uh, if you have suggestions, suggestions, we would yeah. love to hear them. If you think there's something we got to talk about, uh, it's snowing and we're in Cleveland, and we would be happy to take what you've got and run with it. So go to clevelandmoto.com. Uh, if you want to catch us on the on the emails, you can catch us at clevelandmoto at gmail.com. and we're running a blog, and it's at clevelandmoto.blogspot.com. So if you haven't picked up on the trend yet, Cleveland Moto, with anything in front of it or anything after it, will probably put you in touch with us. True. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'd like to thank everyone for coming out tonight, and uh, be safe. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.